it's a given to know that God is wanting to be a part of that. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, He has thoughts for you. I know the thoughts for you, thoughts of peace and welfare, and to give you an expected end. And so we said that, you know what, this blank sheet of paper, it's up to us to invite him in to be a part of that. So many times we're waiting for him to do all the work and to do things, and we'll see a little bit more of that maybe by the end of today. But we're wanting God to just kind of in and make some things happen for me. And he all along, he said, no, 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 no. You, you need to get up like the, uh, the guy at the pool of Bethesda. Remember, we taught on that. You know, no, no, no. Come on, make some effort here. And, and let's get busy about what we're doing together. And uh, we said as this blank sheet of paper begins to unfold, we wanted to make sure that we predetermine where we're going to be this time next year at this time where we are right now. And it will take something. And we said that progress will be one of the things that will get us there. And we defined the word progress, and we said progress is really effort plus direction with the right information will equal the right progress that you want. You can have all three, but if you've got the wrong information, your progress will not be where you want to be at the end of the year. And I gave you an example, and I said, you know, if I... If I ha have a destination, I want to go out on this highway and I want to get to Hatteras, but I've, uh, I've got directions from somebody and it's the wrong information. They tell me to go north, but I need to go south. If I go north, I'm never going to get to Hatteras. My progress will be happening, but it'll be the wrong direction. And we said that we want to embrace a little bit of a thought that, you know what, faith, faith uh, uh, calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith believes in an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sufficient God. And yeah, he's got a plan for you and a purpose for you. And we said that how to do that is, uh, we kind of use this example, if you remember, this is where you are right now, and you might not like where you are. You, know, might, you might not even like the person you are. You might be feeling guilty for maybe even last night. Maybe you do like who you are. I like who I am. I'm pretty comfortable with me. But we got to get there. That's the next step. And there's this gap between here and there. And we're saying predetermined in this gap to make yourself kind of help you get there. And sometimes we're held up in this spot for whatever reason, life itself, when we all are living it. We said we're held up in this spot. But don't forget this gap here. There's a second gap. And that's this gap right here. Where this is where you were. And you're looking over there, and this is where I slayed a lion. This is where I killed a bear. This is where I paid and came out of debt. This is where I saved my marriage. This is where my body was healed, and now I'm here. And guess what? You're sitting in here this morning. The Lord didn't kill you. He wouldn't kill you. The devil didn't take you out. He can't take you out. You're in this spot, but I'm challenging you at this spot... What's that direction is a blank slate. Can I do something about it before I even get there? Faith says yes. And so we embraced the thought together, and we invited ourselves, and we kind of made this individual commitment. And I'm going to ask you, just stand up with me. Let's go ahead and just reiterate to ourselves what this commitment is. It'll be up here on the screen, and we're going to read it together. <clears throat> this is just kind of gets us to where we are. Man, I'll tell you what, how many were here last weekend? I want to thank... Uh, Bailey and Elizabeth for sharing their story. Man, I, I'm a different person because of that. I got more confidence in my God because of that story that was shared. I'm not, not that I wasn't, I'm just saying I'm better because of that. 
And Pastor Tiffany so eloquently brought that and embraced us and said, you know what, every one of you have a story to be written, but that story is not just to be written for yourself, it's for the make a difference in somebody else's life. And we said, you know what, we're going to challenge ourselves to share those stories with each other, hence small groups. There's 250 plus of you in those small groups right now for this next semester. That means there's another 150, 200 of you that are looking for a place to go. And I'm telling you, there's still some sign-ups. I've got an open Wednesday night for you Wednesday night people that are missing. It's open. Come. We want you here. It'll change your life. It'll be a little bit more of an in-depth study. But there should be at the end of the year, I'm telling you, this whole year, we're providing, we've got more guest ministers coming in. We're going to be teaching about family uh, 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 coming up in the next month. Next week, oh man, I'm excited about next week. You know why? Because we're over, the fast will be over. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) My wife said, listen, two weeks into it, we're going to have a bunch of junk out there for you next week. It's going to be a big celebration. I'm telling you, you're going to be amazed. It's going to be a celebration. And I believe after we hear today why we'll be celebrating, God's been doing some things over the past couple of weeks. I know he has in my life. My wife said yesterday was her toughest day. Two weeks in, you think you'd be over it and ready to move on, but she, her toughest day of wanting a cup of coffee. But she didn't do it. She did have chicken the day before and <laughs> something else the day before. It's funny. We're double standard here. She slipped up a couple times, and every time I got ready to put chicken on my side, because I'm not doing, I'm doing Dan, I'm not doing any meat or anything. Do whatever you want to do. But she said, that's got chicken on it. I'm like, come on, aren't we doing this thing together? But I've added honey. I've been eating honey, and so, so I guess we're on the same page. Anyway, make a difference. We're going to learn what that means today. Invite you to do a little bit more with that. But let's start with this one first. Let's remind ourselves what we said at the beginning of the year. Ready? Y'all read it with me. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed in 2018, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ in 2018, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ in 2018, whether I live or die. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We embrace the direction you've, and the purpose you've, you're sending us in now. We embrace it individually, and now we talk about it corporately. Show us what you want us to know. And everybody said, amen, amen. You can go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> I am going to invite you right now to really kind of step away from yourself as an individual a little bit and come to this place where we kind of embrace something corporately. I want to invite you to embrace this direction of uh, make a difference in a corporate mindset more than just what's it doing for me. And that, that challenges us a little bit because the individual side of this is it will be a little bit of a requirement on our own end to maybe look at our standards and maybe look at our, our, our maybe even a little bit of holiness. I get it. Don't, I'm not going to go there with that today. <clears throat> but to look at our life and, and judge it in a mindset of there's people around you watching you. <laughs> and they watch what you say, and they watch how you act, and, and they're not expecting you. I'm not talking. To, see, here's where we got this whole thing with watching what you say and what you, what you do confused. 
We walk out of here thinking, Pastor, you're trying to tell me I've got to be perfect. No, I'm not asking you to be perfect. You can't do that. I'm asking you to be real. But in your realness, if there's an area that may be compromising, that may hurt people and may not glorify God in your life, Scripture's very clear what those things could be, then you make a mark and say, that's not who I'm going to be. To make a difference, it will require a little bit of that. We all will have a little bit of adjustment in some of that maybe lifestyle this year. I get that. But as we embrace this corporately, we'll realize that together there's somebody else doing that thing with me. We are not into judgment. It's not your place to judge anybody. God's the only one that knows the heart of a man. We for sure will slap you and send you away from this church if you bring condemnation. Because there's therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ. So religion condemns and judges people and makes people feel unworthy to to where God can't even step into their life. And that's not God's fault. That's people's fault. Well, I found out it's easier for us if I got the brother to the right and the brother to my left, sister to my right, sister to my left, that's walking the same life. We've all made this mark together. Then when I do fall, there's no judgment, there's no condemnation, but what I have is a chance to make a difference and grow and move forward, and we do it together. It just works a little bit that way. You know, I'm going to read two quotes to you. Again, our churches today are not meant to be, or not to be content to sit back and do business as usual. We're to move forward in faith personally and corporately. As the body of Christ requiring us to set standards to live by and to understand our mission. When we come together corporately for the specific purpose, we create an atmosphere, an avenue for God's supernatural to work and fulfill His plans to build the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's you. You are the church. This is just a crazy building we're using to come together in. Matthew 16, 18. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, which referring to Jesus, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I'm telling you the only time that gets conquered is when division is there. When there's unity in the place of people, there's nothing in hell that can conquer you or overcome you. But when there is division, you will be like the Tower of Babel and you will fall. Psalm 133, verses 1 and 3. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. And as I invite you to make a difference, and again, as Pastor Tiffany so eloquently said last last week, I want to show you that make a difference in in its definition simply means to cause change. And so here's my, my, my part I want to make sure you hear. I'm not asking you to change everything about you. I'm asking you just to be willing to let God work in you. And if you let God work in you, change will happen outside of you. Quit trying to change everything outside. That's where you're getting frustrated. Because that's actually not able... You're really not tapping into the grace of God when you do that. You're, ta- you're tapping into the law of man to try to change the outside before the inside's ever been renewed or reborn. Renewed and reborn means there's a relationship with Christ that you have. You know if you have been reborn. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's what happened. You were reborn, made a new man on the inside, a new woman on the inside. Now that nature lives in 
And what we say when we're making a difference from the inside, I'm going to make a mark with the nature from the inside and stop trying to make my mark on the outside because when I make the mark on the inside, the outside will always be marked. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. Theme first verse for our purpose of this year. Here's what it looks like. I do not distance myself from anyone. Those people you don't like and the people you do like. My mission is to be exactly what is required of me in every possible situation to bring salvation, sozo, the God kind of life, to every kind of person, any place they are. Now here, I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions. Are we living in the last days? I believe we are. I believe you can go to Scripture and find out. If you can go to Matthew chapter 24, look at verses 4 through 8. Stop there because you're not there after that. But verses 4 through 8, and look at what the Scripture says that's happening during the time that it will be the last days before the return of Christ. Man, I'm, that's going to be a good day. Come on now. That's when this thing, we're gone, okay? But when, before Christ returns, he says there will be rumors of wars. There will be people groups against people groups. Actually, it says race against race, but it's defined as people groups against people groups. Hello. You put all of that in the same package. We got people, that even own, their own race is against race. Earthquakes and things going on all around the world. All of these things, the scripture says that that's what will be a good sign of when the return of Christ comes. When you see those things, the scripture says to what? Look up. Let's practice real quick. Come on. Look up. Quit looking at me and look up. Scripture says to look up when you begin to see those things. Because your redemption draws nigh. The return of Christ is coming. And so when I asked that question, you know what, I did say this to myself. I said, I believe it is time for us to be more cautious about the time we're in and actually the role that we're supposed to fulfill. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Listen to this scripture. I love it out of the message translation. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. Then he says, the good work he's gotten ready for us to do, mm, work we had better be doing. So let's talk about this end time thing of just a little bit more. Asking yourself the question, all right? Is, are we in the last days? How do I know? I'm going to be talking about making a difference. But there's got to be a reason why. There's got to be something to give me a little bit of meat, a little bit of a chair underneath of your faith. To why? Don't just send me out there to make a difference. You can do that without God. You can make a difference just by being a good person on the job. You can make a difference being a good employer, a good employee. Just good nature, a good person. You can make a difference by being just the opposite of that. I'm talking about being a good person, knowing that there is something and a reason why there's a return of the person, Jesus Christ, for you, which is what your whole life is really about, Jesus. Listen, the scripture says in Matthew 24, the same chapter I was just talking about, says this, the arrival of the Son of Man will take place in the times like Noah. Before the great flood, everyone was carrying on as usual, having a good time right up to the day Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away, and the Son of Man's arrival will be like that. Jump over with me to Genesis real quick. He said, it'll be like in the days of Noah, so let's just look at Noah just for a couple minutes. 
I want to get you again, embrace you. Why am I making a difference? Why do I want to do this corporately? Why am I going to maybe question some standards and some things and, and all of those? Listen, I will not be here today to tell you the, all of the how-tos and, 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 and to make you feel guilty when you walk out that door. I promise you, I'm going to leave you on a good note. But I've got to get your attention on some things to get you to think a little bit more beyond yourself. If I don't do that, you will be now-minded and not eternity-minded. And for the believer, you've got to quit being now-minded and be more eternity-minded because if you're eternity-minded, you'll be more... The now will be a lot more important to you. Genesis chapter 6, 5 through 8. Got your attention a little bit. Verse 5. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently totally evil. So the Lord was sorry He had ever made them and put them on the earth. And... It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals and the small animals that scurry along the ground and even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Here it is. Let's, just, let's bring this to something we might understand. Have your kids ever made you so stupid mad that you wanted to take them off of the face of this earth? Maybe you hadn't met some of my kids and some kids that I know of others. This is only talking about a heart of God. To now that Jesus has already defeated all this. God will never do that again. Remember the rainbow? Huh? And Jesus said in the very last words, Jesus said, I'll always be with you. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. So we're not concerned about God destroying the earth. And, but more than anything, if you get locked in on what God was trying to do and forget about what he's really doing, he was looking for someone to give him reason to not destroy the very thing he loved the most. So he sent Jesus to come and to pay the price. And here, Noah found favor, the Bible says. I'm wondering if... Maybe are we a person that he might be looking for? Because I know he is. He's looking for someone that will step up and be willing to maybe do the right thing in life, in the life that we live. (laughs) It's like this. We spend so much time praying for God to do something. Look, point at somebody. Just point at somebody, especially the people that's their first time here. Make them nervous. (laughs) Stop praying. Come on. Stop praying for God to do something. You do something. If that mindset will come, what will happen is... Jeff, could you bring me that real quick, sir? You know, I got distracted. Listen, I want to make sure I say this. God will empower you and give you unique gifts and the ability that you need in this life to function in life and to be victorious over it. He will, especially as we make a difference in the year 2018. And i got to be honest with you, I got a little bit distracted the other day when I was writing all of these things out. And, and uh, you know, I can't do what I'm going to do with that thing on. And, uh, you know, you think pastors get in there and they study hours and hours and they're locked in. The reason they're locked in is because they're AAD sometimes, or what do you call it, ADD or whatever. And you, gotta, you get, lose your focus. <laughs> and, you know, and so... <laughs> I go back here quite a bit. I was an avid bow hunter in Ohio. And I actually got to the place where I had disciplined myself quite a bit to, um, you know, I didn't just shoot anything that moved. Everybody kills everything that moves your first year, but I'm a long way from that. 
Some of you older guys are still doing it. You need to quit. <laughs> it's pathetic, man. Come on. Listen, you wonder why you never shoot the big ones? Because you're always shooting the little ones, and the big ones right behind them, so you might as well stop. Anyway, listen. And so I got a little distracted, and I started thinking, and I was trying to think of a way I could just embrace you a little bit on what's going on. I mean, in Ohio, it's just what I did. I've really set this down. I have not picked it up since I've been here, uh, but maybe once I went back home or back to Ohio, and, um, and I just haven't done it. And I think there's a reason why, because I was so attached to it for a while, but it's been good for me. But I started thinking, you know, the, the arrow has a great purpose to it, and it can be deadly, of course, and this one is extremely deadly. Uh, matter of fact, this muzzy is even more deadly than that one. It just does crazy things. But anyway, it's deadly and it can be destructive, kind of like us sometimes. But it also has a good purpose to it. I mean, if you're surviving, this thing could kill the meat that you're looking for. Am I right? But it's interesting that this arrow or these arrows, I'm wondering if that's what we are because arrows are not good in and of themselves to do anything. Keep in mind we're talking about bow hunting in and of themselves without the bow or the person behind the bow. If you're not behind the bow or picking up the bow, you just got an arrow. And that's what a lot of people are doing. You're just a bunch of arrows sitting around and you're waiting for God to pick you up and to pull you and to pull you and to launch you in what you're going. And all along he's saying, well, you just get up and get behind the bow. I had to do this a bunch of times to prove I could still do it. How long are we going to sit around and be this? How long are we just going to wait for it to just get where it needs to go? You're going to be waiting a long time for some things to happen in your life because God's already done so many things for you in life. It takes a little bit of effort to go in some direction but you need some right information to get you where you want to go. I'm a lot more in control of what I have there when I'm willing to grab this thing. I'm so much more in control right now. There's no arrow in it, so you ain't got to worry about it. So much more in control. And I want to challenge you with something, guys. To make a difference in maybe your own individual life, it's time to get up and maybe get behind where the power is and where the strength is, where you can control some of these circumstances that you're facing. You're not God, but you need God on your side. But just like you got God right in the middle of your life, and you're still sitting around waiting for us to pick you up and to push you and to make you do something, we're just not going to anymore. We've given everybody plenty of opportunity in this church and in this life, teaching and whatever you want to call an opportunity to make a difference in your life. And some of you are still sitting around doing the exact same thing and nothing's going to change until you do something different. So we want to move right along from that and I want to embrace you in a little bit bigger process because when I thought about that, I said, you know what? It's one thing to challenge you to make a difference. Maybe I should help them what to make a difference in. If I can point us in that direction, where, does, where will this start? How can I become not just an arrow? How can I become the one that's behind the bow and in control and actually making a difference? Let's just start here. Let's look at this first group of people that you could make a difference in. Number one. How about this? Those that are closest to me. Let me, let me say this real quick. There's one purpose that we have at Coastal Family Church that doesn't change. We're navigating life through Christ. But how we do that is through a four-step process to get you to next steps in your life. The first and most important step you can ever take in your individual life is get to know God. 
Because once you get to know God, you're going to be introduced to someone much greater than yourself that will love you where no one else will love you and will pick you up and show you that there's a purpose in your life. And when that stuff starts to work in your life, you'll find out there's a lot of freedom where there was no freedom before. And when that freedom starts to work in your life, you find out, oh my gosh, God does have purpose in who I am. And there's people all around you every day that don't know the purpose of God. They don't even know that there maybe even is a God. How do you think they're going to know there is a God? Something flash in the sky? There's a lot of confusion out there of what God is. And the best way to straighten out the confusion is for us to just live God. And when we live God, we, make, uh, we, 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 we find purpose. And, and then this next fourth step is to make a difference. So as we invite you to do that journey with us, Guess what? Today at 6 o'clock, the growth track is available to anyone that wants to find out what does God want me to do in this life. We intentionally spend an hour and 20 minutes with you, my wife, our staff, and we come and love on you and at least get you started. God said to Noah in Genesis chapter 7 verse 1, listen to it. Go into the ark and save you and your family. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Listen, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. The word household is an interesting word because it makes it sound like it's just with our own family. But the word household simply means you will go and save everyone in your sphere of influence. That's your community. That's your co-worker. That's your boss. That's your uh, employee. That's your, that's your community. Everywhere you go, you have a sphere that I'm not going to go to. And the person to the right and the person to the left will not be going there. But you. Number two. Where do I make a difference? In my generation. <laughs> we spend so much time. Am I beating you up good? I hope so. We're going to come to a place where we're going to get our wounds fixed here in a minute. But right now, we need to get jacked up. As Mike prayed this morning to our team, can you imagine this? To our team this morning, 25 people, he said, it's time to get off our butts. Dying people, hurting people with no answer. But Fox News, MSNBC, CNBC, and all the rest of them, watching it all day long and letting it determine what their life's going to be by the end of the day. I'm writing my page. But my generation, we spend, uh, so, we spend so much time on generational things. You know, I'm Generation X, I'm a baby boomer, I'm millennial. And what's the one after millennials? What do they call? Generation X. Generation X. Well, see there, it doesn't matter. The generation you need to be concerned about is the one you're living in right now. You could have been born any other time in your life, but you're born right now. From zero to one to 91, 92, 93, I don't care. This is the generation God said, you know what? I don't want you 200 years from now I, back there. I want you right now because there's people of a sphere of influence that you'll have in this area, your generation. Jeremiah fifteen nineteen says, you must influence them. Do not let them influence you. Make a difference for God. Third step, what can I make a difference in? Ezekiel twenty-two thirty says, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness and guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. There's over 500 people that are attending this church. We've made a mark on this earth, on the Outer Banks. One of the larger churches, I guess, is what they try to tell me. We're just a church, Okay. 
Talking with some pastors this week, I'm finding out, man, you know what? There's a lot of things going on, a lot of great churches. And we're doing a lot of great things here. One out of three people in this church are involved in our dream team, which is serving and making this thing happen. And we're doing quite, quite well without the other two-thirds of it. We got it. We got these things happening. But sometimes there's, what we're starting to realize is there's quite a few people that are along for the ride. Your arrow's on the ride. But I'm asking you to maybe step up and become part of the bow system and maybe get on the other side of it and do something with it. Because I, as much as we've already said, we are absolutely better together and we can do a whole lot more together. I could beg you, I could prod you, I could do all of these things and, and take you down this road where you don't even want to hear me anymore right to this moment and you probably won't even still do it. And I started asking myself, and this is what I want to get to you. That's all just to catch your attention. I started asking myself, why, Father? There's so much to tell me what's going to happen. There's so much that, that answers to the life that, I'm, that I could maybe change. Life could be so much better. Much less even thinking about the life of someone else. We don't really think about that a whole lot because we got life ourselves. But there's so many reasons why. And, and I, I thought and thought and thought to come up with a, what, what could it be that would keep us from maybe stepping up and just doing what you do in your own home, in your own life. And all I could come up with was fear. I'm going to dispel four fears out of your life right now real quick. And if you open up your heart to me, you just might find that maybe this is who you are. Maybe you're afraid of God himself. But I want to show you something, guys. We can't make a difference until fear is annihilated out of our life. There's therefore no condemnation. And the Bible says he's not giving you no spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. That's what's living on the inside of a believer. Number one, fear. I'm afraid of my past. Pastor, you don't know what I did last night. Pastor, you don't know what I did yesterday. Pastor, you just don't know. And you're exactly right. But he does. And I found out that my Jesus goes and is looking for the imperfect people. Until you're willing to let go of your past, your past will never let go of you. I don't care what it is. I don't care how heinous it was. I don't care how bad that person was. We need to let them go. Forgive if we have to. Let them go. Pick up and realize my purpose in God is much greater than any of that stuff could ever change my life. Number two, fear. I want to make a difference. But there might be something holding you back. There might be something that holds me back. I got fears of my past. I face them every day just like you. I live in my hometown where I grew up. And try to pastor in your hometown where everybody knows you. Everybody's got you on a, some kind of block you don't want to be on. I'm enjoying it. I'm called. I get it. I got the same kind of fears you do. Every word that I say can make a person determine what they're going to do in their life the next day. I'm a, totally going to give in to my fear if I'm not careful. Make a difference. Why? Number two. Uh, can I read this to you real quick? Ro oh, I love this. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. God's gifts and call 
are under full warranty. Never canceled, never rescinded. Maybe two, maybe you're afraid of the crowd. Maybe you're worried about what people think. I watch it every Sunday. <laughs> I watch people that you ain't going to get them to raise no hands in church because they're afraid somebody's watching them. Let me tell you something. The only people watching you are those that aren't raising their hands just like you. It's not about raising your hands. But what are you so concerned about out there that people will see, my gosh, if God's doing something in your life, maybe the question is, is God doing something in your life? If he is, why are you so afraid of telling somebody about that? <laughs> Number three. Proverbs 29, 25 says this, the fear of human opinion disables. Number three, maybe you're afraid of taking the first step. Anybody ever gone in the ocean when it's freezing cold? Hmm? Come on now. You put the toe in first, and, it's, and it starts to get cold. <laughs> you know just as good as I do. What's it best to do? Go ahead and jump on in. You get a little bit more used to it a lot quicker. <laughs> Maybe you're afraid of failure. Come on, join the crowd. You know... You're gonna, there's three guys that are here this weekend that are very powerful in, in their relationship with who I am. We invited Steve Miller. He's ministered to our business leaders this past weekend, Friday night and Saturday morning, and, and he brought two friends with him. And, and I know Steve very well. You got to see him a few months ago. And I know his story. I grew up, well, I didn't grow up, but his wife and my wife grew up together. They're cousins. So I know Steve's story. But it's interesting. Steve, some reason, has what makes him distinct and different is he made a mark in the sand of who he lives and who he is. And it's been working out quite well for him. Pretty successful in the financial world. But these other two guys were interesting to me. Because there's a second one. His name is uh, Mike. I was with him in Coastal Family Church in Ohio. And, and while I was there with him, um, they, they experienced a, a, a great tragedy in their life that I was there and part of that. And they had a son that passed away way too early, way too young. I was there in the moment of the hospital. Mike has actually now, he's an extremely successful businessman. And, but something happened. You see, Mark has made a mark in his life of who he stands for and who he believes in. They've not changed a bit. I haven't seen them in... 18 years, and they're no different than they were then. They don't even look different. They haven't made any change in their life because they made a mark when, though, even through tragedy and experience, they still were God fearing people. I asked him, I said, I talked to him about his business. I said, Man, did you ever fail? And he started laughing at me. And I said, Did you ever make, well, when did you really know that this was what you were supposed to He said, Eight years old. I said, Why do you stay at this thing? He says, Because I knew my purpose was at eight years old was to be a businessman and influence the kingdom of God. Four years, he only, he didn't make any money. He only lived off of an $18 an hour salary, $18,000 a year with his wife's salary. Had $12 to his account that one day he had to buy a screwdriver to fix the computer of his, com the, his computer. It was the only way he could keep going. Four years and now he's worth millions. Then this other guy, Greg, that you may get to see him before you leave today. One thing that was unique and different about him, this guy traveled the world. As a finance, finance advisor, traveled the world with his family, had a great job, loved God. I remembered him from Faith Family. I didn't know him very well. But now he started his own company. I said, man, what, what? you had it all. It was all going well for you. You know what he said? He said, man, you know what? It's just better now. To, he says, I, yeah, that right, that was good. But there's just something about being able to be hooked up and connected into my church. It's just my life. It's just different. 
Here's these guys that, you know, you look at their life and you look at their success in life and you wonder what, they had all the opportunities to give up and to quit. What enables them to keep keep making a difference is that, you know what, at some point in life, God's asking every single one of you, are you willing to really just come to the place in life where you're going to make a mark in the sand and start making a difference in not yours, but someone else's life? Stand up with me. I want to show you something real quick. This has really been messing with me for a, a, ever since I watched this on a thing a couple weeks ago. I know that the purpose of God for individual, I could talk to you about that all day long. And how much He wants to do through you. But man, where this really starts to be powerful is when the story you have sitting next to another story and it begins to make a difference in somebody else's life. It, it, it causes us to maybe raise standards. It causes us to be a little bit more serious about life itself. I've embraced the seriousness of the phrase, make a difference. Because I, I, I think sometimes we can go out with the hoopla and the shout and the excitement. But do you really change anything? Because make a difference means to cause change. Grab your piece of paper with me this morning. (laughs) Let me ask you these three questions. Take your piece of paper. You got zero to five to 120. 120 because the Bible promises you can live 120 years. (laughs) Ask yourself this question. How long do you think you're going to live before Jesus returns, before you die? I'm, I'm going to say 98 for me. I'm going to get there. Find that number somewhere in the middle here between 95 and 100. Wherever, whatever you want to, wherever you want to die. Okay? Wherever you want to die. Go ahead and find it. All right? Mine's about right there. Fold it over. Fold it over. Hey, look, 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 look. Rip it. Take it off. All right? Hold it up when I see it. Hold it in the air once you rip it off. This little one piece. You should have tear, torn a piece between whatever age you want to die at, all right? Put that in your pocket. Find a place, put it away. That's going to be the good days. That's when Jesus, you're going to see Jesus. It's over. Don't worry about it. That day's coming to all of you. All right? Now, let me ask you this question. I want you to Whatever your age is right now, I'm 51. I don't care if you're 92, I don't care if you're 100. Find your, someone close to your age and fold that over. You got to be perfect for all you perfectionist people. There's no little increments, just get close. All right? Rip it off, hold it up. Hold it up. This is your past. Throw it away. We'll clean up the mess later. You can't do anything about that anymore. That's over. So you got a future, and that's over. But this is what you're left with. What are you going to do with it? Hold it up. Some of you got some short ones. <laughs> What are you going to do with it? 
If you got one year left, what are you going to do with it? You got a good future, but what are you going to do with what you got left? <laughs> are you willing to step out, make a difference with us corporately? I'm inviting you to do that. I know I was a little hard in the front side of this. But I had to get your attention so you don't walk out with just a feel good. You walk out with a mission. A feel good won't get you very far. You know what? If I send you out with a feel good, you're going to be just as mad at your wife when you walk out there as you were when you came in. Some of you need to straighten that wife thing up. You're going to lose her if you don't stop. It's going to get big. We're going to have to add a third service. Because you're making a difference. We already have to do that by looking at what we have in numbers. Bailey, Elizabeth, thank you. I'm a better person because of you. My faith is stronger because of what you did. What you shared. There's a lot of Bailey and Elizabeths in this room. What are you going to do with it? Let's put our scripture up. Let's embrace this if you're willing and invite you to do it. Guys, if it's your first time here, I'm so grateful you're here. Man, uh, I'm seriously, I am. I love you. Come back. You'll get a little bit more taste of who we are next week. If you have not gone through growth track, there is a sign-up for you out there. You need to sign up. If you're just along for the ride, you're nothing but an arrow, get behind the bow with us. And we'll point you and show you and go in the right direction. I promise we'll do that. Let's read our scripture for this year. Come on now. You ready? Let's go. I do not distance myself from anyone. My mission is to be exactly what is required of me in every possible situation to bring salvation to every kind of person, whoever they are. Father, in Jesus' name, we're thanking you right now for the opportunity to be a blessing on the outer banks, to bring change, to make a difference. Everywhere we go, divine appointments are in our path. Glory be to God. I love you guys. I will.